Hello, I'm Anna. And I'm Bethany, and we're trying to review every Jane Austen adaptation ever. Welcome to Austen Translation, the only Jane Austen podcast that covers the character's star signs that we know of. We're two best friends who've known each other since school. I've persuaded Anna to join me on this Jane Austen journey. I'm less of an Austen expert, but I'm no less ready to share my hot takes on these adaptations. <laughs> Welcome back to season two. <laughs> You weren't expecting that, were you? No, you oh, weren't. Shiny new podcast with a shiny new opening intro. Forgot the word. It was so shiny. <laughs> it was so slick. It's it's blinding you. That's how so rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> this week we watched Persuasion, the two thousand and seven version. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. 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 Good. Good. Seven. Um. We were just talking before we went on record about how I was taking detailed notes right up until about 20 minutes before the end, where I got too distracted because it got really good. <laughs> <laughs> to be but, uh, but luckily enough, as always, I am reliable and I saved the day uh, <laughs> because I have I have every minute of this movie is just carefully documented <laughs> I've got I've got notes because I, I like remembered at random bits that I was supposed to be <laughs> so I'd be like oh what's just happened in the last five minutes and quickly write it <laughs> but some of them are just like I mean one of the lines is quite an angle she running <laughs> <laughs> she running and half agony half hope <laughs> <laughs> That just sums it up, really, doesn't it? Yeah, that's basically it. Thank you for listening to Austin Translation. That was Persuasion 2007. <laughs> I mean, it starts slow, doesn't it? I feel like it starts slow. Anne Elliot is <laughs> just walking around the house looking stressed for about five minutes. Yeah, and you're just like, when we, because we had to watch it through, um, or I don't know if we should broadcast it. Illegal but... means. Her daily motion. I wasn't sure if it was the beginning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know, because it's sort of just she's just walking around looking like mildly stressed, and the kind of she's uh, half she's sort of half urgently walking, but it, like she's not running. She goes around. And she looks at um a servant holding some glasses. She looks at the glass. She puts it down. She says, "Very good," and then she carries on. Don't know what she's looking for. Yeah, she's writing notes as well during this time, isn't she? Like on a, is she? Like a clipboard. You, should have, you could have taken some some prompting from her, really, Bethany. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, this is very detailed up until when it gets good. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. Also, we, disclaimer, had a kind of terrible version of it. Yeah, it looked like it was filmed on a potato. It was not good. <laughs> potato energy <laughs> yeah it had big potato energy but you know the 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 like the filming the aesthetic of it actually did come through but we just like we're like oh i think this would have been a really nice film visually had we not watched it on daily motion yeah and one thing i should say though is i think this was the first film where neither of us had any kind of concept of the plot no. 
Like, I knew it was about... So, this is what I knew before going in. I knew, like, the the bones of the love story. Like, that they had been engaged before and then they kind of find their way Not back. Not engaged, they had an understanding. Oh, I think she was secretly engaged. Was she? she went back on it. Oh. Wow. Um, I mean, anyway. clearly we didn't watch the same film. <laughs> um, so it turns out that they're having to leave their family home because of debt, which I can't remember. I think they explained it, but... Yeah, I think it's like basically the father and the sister are living outside of their means, and yes. it's led to the point where they have to let out their house they don't want to sell their house because then they may never have to like they may never be able to go back if they sell the house I mean they wouldn't be able to go back yeah Anne's kind of set up a plan that's like we rent it out we live modestly for a few years and we'll be able to go back into it and then you go out and you you meet her father and her sister her father is Anthony Head who Mm -hmm. plays Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer love him great man and he plays a great snobby mm. Sir Walter, which is the name of Anne Elliot's dad. Yeah, him and him and the daughter are like, oh yes, everything that possibly could have been done will be done. We've decided not to decorate the drawing room, <laughs> and also we've stopped giving to all of the charities that we were once giving to. It's so ironic watching this, like in the like. Obviously, there's a pandemic going on and lots of people have lost their jobs and stuff. And kind of everyone's kind of having to tighten the belt or whatever. Yeah. I've actually also started watching The House in a Hotel, which they bring this up as well. And he's like, you have no understanding of how much pressure I'm under. And then she's like, pressure is making sure you make rent every week. <laughs> this is not pressure. And it really reminds me of that bit where she's like, we didn't do up the drawing room. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if Sir Walter and Elizabeth Elliot were in modern day England, they would be Tories. There was probably Tories back then as well, but they they would be Tories. Yeah, no, they, they were definitely, I mean, they were gentry, I feel like most people who were. Yeah, but not only were they gentry, they were like really snobby about who they hung around with. Because yes. they were like, oh, well, they're so unconnected and um, we're so great. Um, yeah, it's a massive theme throughout. One of the big things, I mean, this is further on, but I'm going to just point it out now. They love throwing the title in this one, don't they? <laughs> they love it. They absolutely love it. But um, we also meet Lady Russell, who's Anne Elliot's godmother see i didn't actually know who she was at the beginning like i didn't realize until halfway through that she was Anne's godmother i was just like who is this random woman they mention it in the conversation they have so they decide that they they're talking about how they have to rent the house out and lady russell's just like clearly on Anne's side because everyone kind of uses Anne a bit like a servant she's another fanny price character a little bit but she's definitely got more personality she's clearly the least fave of the children for for Anthony Head, so yeah. Walter. So they're like, oh well, we're gonna go to Bath because um, and we've we've got this really nice place in Bath we're gonna live in. Like, which contrary to the fact that everything that could have been done has been done in order to <laughs> save them. Um, they're like, yeah, well, we, you know, we can't go any lower than living in these fancy rooms in Bath. Um, and then. I can't remember who suggests it. I think there's like um, Mr. Clay or... No, No, Mrs. Clay is the woman who is also there, I should say that. So 
they're talking in the garden. They've got, what's his name? Anthony Head is there. I can't remember his name. Elizabeth Elliot, the oldest daughter. Lady Russell and Elliot. And then these other people come. I think they're like neighbours or something. Yeah. They're like, I, I, I had an idea that one of the guys was a vicar. Or something. Also, Mrs. Clay is there, who is a widowed woman, and he's—it's her—it's his daughter. Mrs. Clay is the daughter of this this guy, who um, shall remain nameless because we don't know. And Mrs. Clay, we should point out, is widowed and been spending a lot of time with Sir Elliot. Swing. They're talking about renting out this place, and uh, Mrs. Clay's dad is like, "Oh well, we found this guy who's a admiral, and he wants to rent out." And they were like, "An admiral? <laughs> admiral? How could you possibly suggest this? They're so exposed to wind and weather that they aren't fit to be seen." <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, that bit. <laughs> and then he says he doesn't want his shrubberies to be approached by the tenant. There's some great Sir Walter lines in there. Yeah, he's such a snob. So he's like, "Oh, the Crofts. These are." called the Crofts is Admiral and then we see Anne Elliot's face and she's like <gasps> well she does a lot of that which is like her kind of like shocked and like emotional and she's kind of heaving bosom situation yeah, she's played by Sally Hawkins we should point out so uh, yeah that's who Sally Hawkins always has that kind of like slightly nervous look around her yeah maybe. it's almost like she always kind of plays that very ordinary woman who kind of get swept up in a very romantic story you might also know sally hawkins as the woman that fucked the fish man yeah that's what she's most well known for now i think yeah (laughs) but she's never getting away from that i mean again she gets swept up in a romantic story (laughs) whether it's a fish (laughs) or a man (laughs) she doesn't mind but yeah, she looks shocked and she kind of makes her excuses, runs inside. Lady Russell follows her in and she's like, what is it this? And one thing this film does, it drags out a point, does it not? <sighs> just, you know what's coming, you know? And it's just, just like... The Crofts is married to this woman, who is the brother of... And I like, she could have just said they're related to Captain... So we discover that Captain Wentworth, they were engaged when she was 19... And I think only Lady Russell knew about it. No, no. I think the entire family opposed the match. Um, but I don't think they realised how close they were to actually doing it. They were just like, well, that's unsuitable. But then also one thing that they say, which is a bit weird, is the war made him very rich. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, we don't, don't like that. I'm like, anyone who gets rich out of a war, do not trust. Yeah, which which war was it? I mean, um, he got rich through the Spanish. I think it's a Spanish civil war or something, or the Spanish Armada. I'm not sure, but he got his money off the Spanish. Yeah, I don't know what war was going wrong uh, along that era, but um, I was just probably nothing good was happening. Yeah, because Lady Russell is like, oh, I'm kind of sorry because I also opposed the match, and now he's a little rich bitch, and it would have worked out fine. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, but don't worry, Anne, you're you're a great person. You've got to find someone, and she's just like, I'm 27, as if that answers. <laughs> she's an old hag. She's on the shelf. She's been left to rot. <laughs> Fucking 27 years old. 27, ready for a pension. Um, 
They then have this meal where they're discussing what they're doing. And then Elizabeth, we should point out, Elizabeth, the sister, younger or older, is an absolute bitch. <laughs> she's just like, they're just casually eating. And their other sister, Mary. Musgrove? Musgroves, yes. She's, Thank you. She's married to Charles Musgrove and her sister Mary is ill. So... That's when they invite Mrs. Clay to be Elizabeth's companion to Bath. And then Lady Russell's like, is Anne not companion enough? And she's just like, oh, um, Mary's sick again. So Anne, you've got to go take care of her because nobody's going to miss you in Bath. No one wants you. Nobody likes you. Everybody hates you. May as well go to see Mary. So, yeah, she just kind of goes along with it doesn't she I think she's kind of I get the impression that even though like Wentworth thing happened what like five years ago now um she's kind of I think it was eight years oh yeah because she's 27 yeah yeah eight years ago so um she this is like definitely just crushed her spirit She's like, yeah, she's not, not doing well. To marry him, so she's just kind of accepted this like yes woman role, where she just does everything, and also she does the, there's these bits throughout the film where she writes in her diary her thoughts. Yeah, she's clearly got a di- She's got like a deep inner life. She's she's like mm. she's got a lot of emotions, but she's not outwardly expressing them. She's very she's like quite a people pleaser and she's just trying to make herself useful. She also does this thing when she makes comments because she's writing about what she wonders Wentworth is up to now and then she's like, I wonder what he's doing now and then just looks straight at the camera. Yeah, she does (laughs) does a lot of like glancing at the camera like she's in the office but more dramatically than that. Usually while she's writing in her diary. Just on the character of Anne, she's got these weird curls. She's got like a very slicked back hairstyle with these weird curls where, because she's got very dark hair and where the, the, the like scalp is visible, it's like really visible and she just has like these like few curls sort of at the front and then the ones on uh, the neck just the two the, there's two on her neck that are just like totally separate from her actual hair and they look like they've been stuck on it's very weird she's also dressed in brown which oh, is yeah. the universal signal in jane austen that she's not like other girls she's um she's another i think would you call is it do they call it a mary jane character you know a uh, mary sue mary sue character sorry where she's kind of like she's got all of the things and but that's yeah much it well maybe but then I feel like the point is um that she's she's not very assertive she doesn't she's very persuadable hence the name persuasion Mm -hmm. but she's like so she's just like she's she's a bit of a people pleaser she doesn't really want to like have conflict and she's a she just like kind of like rolls over whenever her family are like yeah she kind of just wants an easy life I think yeah oh wow sorry I have subtitles on my chrome that tells me what people are saying and when Anna swore just then it started out (laughs) (laughs) it's too naughty it censored you (laughs) censorship yeah so before she goes to Mary's they meet the crofts they they kind of come visit just before the family leaves that's when we find out that the Crofts are nice people. They're like they're like perfectly amiable, and that's when we find out that Frederick is single still. 
Yeah, and they're like, oh, I wonder if Frederick will get engaged at some point. And, and one of them's like, Frederick engaged? That'll never happen. <laughs> and you're sort of like, oh, That's one thing. Like, you know when you watch a film and you can tell, I think it's really jarring when you can tell something has been done for the audience's benefit. Yeah, and there's that, quite a lot of that. Yeah, that scene, was, I was very like, this is for our benefit. So it's, I don't think Anne's even there. You just see the Crofts looking around the house or whatever. And they're just discussing between themselves about Frederick. And she's just like, oh, Frederick had a bad time in Somerset. He was engaged to a girl who broke his heart. But I never met her. And they're just like, oh, Frederick would never get... And it's like clearly just to set us up for it. Just so that you know. Yeah, and I was like, this is being shoehorned in. And then um, we meet Mary. (laughs) Oh, God, Mary. Mary, Mary. (laughs) I love Mary. She's so weird. (laughs) But she's quite young. She's. I think she's probably younger than Anne. Yeah, she's lying on a sofa looking really snotty, being like... Oh, you finally come for me, have you? You took your time. I've been left all alone. I've been so sick. This morning has been so long and nobody has visited me. And Anne's like, yes, dear. Well, she's like, where's your husband, Charles? And she's like, oh, he went out shooting. And I'm like, nobody blames Charles. Charles (laughs) has done the right thing. He has literally done a runner from his very annoying wife. And she is annoying, but she's, like, fun annoying. She's not, like, a inherently bad person, I don't think. No. At first, when she's talking, you think that the reason she has a weird nasally voice is because she's ill. <laughs> but then you realise later on that that is just her voice. Yeah. There's always a character like that in Austin, isn't there? Yeah, but, it, like, she doesn't talk slowly like a Lady Bertram. She's, like, she's got this kind of... Like she's got, and she like has a weird like snorting laugh where she's like, Bleh! yeah. And then we meet Charles's younger sisters, which we didn't know if they were the younger sisters at the time. They didn't really explain their relationship, but no. it's Mary's husband's younger sisters. They come running in, and Mary's like, "Girls!" and they just run straight past her to Anne. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's quite like I think it just kind of shows that Anne is loved universally by all. Apart from maybe Elizabeth, doesn't seem to give a shit. And her dad. Yeah, but everyone else outside the family. Yeah, everyone outside the family kind of sees how great Anne is. Yeah. And everyone inside just kind of treats her like crap. They do hint at money troubles, don't they? Charles comes home and Mary's like, have you asked your father about the thing that I wanted you to ask him about? And he's like, "Um, my, my dad can do what he wants with his money and like you know he you can't be asking him for money all the time Charles's dad by the way is Nicholas Fennell <laughs> who is the guy that plays Edmund in Mansell Park 1983 and then bum, 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 they've got time with a cue camera shot to Anne's reaction <gasps> her bosom is heaving well but luckily for Anne luckily for Anne one of the nephews falls out of a tree, which looks like the middle of the night. Don't know why he's up a tree in the middle of the night. Why is Charles in a tree in the middle of the night? And then Mary is freaking the fuck out. Like, obviously, because her child is just falling out of a tree and they're quite worried about him. But she is not the kind of person you have a crisis. Anne's, like, on it. She's like, get him here. We're going to have to... um, put his collarbone back in place and Mary's like oh my god I can't watch she I think she starts heaving 
yeah. <laughs> and she has to leave. And then so Anne and like the dad is just like left there, and then you just hear this crack as she puts it back in. Which um, I mean, this is such an unnecessary detail for the listeners, but you know, <laughs> and um, it just one it shows how Anne is like the person you go to in a crisis. Yeah, she's she's the one that sort of is she steps in when everyone else is sort of yeah freaking out. And then they're like, "Oh, we can't go to dinner now, obviously, because Lord Charles." And then. Big Charles <laughs> is like, clearly still wants to go to dinner. He's like, oh, well, I wanted to see the Crofts and Wentworth. Why don't... Yeah, and he's like, he's doing so well. He's totally fine now. Yeah. Little Charles. And to be fair, um, the child does seem perfectly fine if it was just... He does seem okay. Yeah, Fanny, can you stay with him? Fanny. Fanny! She's not Fanny Price! <laughs> oh, God, it's because she's so similar to Fanny Price. <laughs> and- no, they they try and get Anna and Mary to stay with them, and Mary kicks off. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, and she's like, because whatever they do, they're like, it's like Mary gets really offended by it. In the end, Anne's like, look, please, you go to dinner, I'll stay here, that's fine. Yeah, and also, like, I think Anne sees this as a prime opportunity to just get out of the dinner. Avoid Wentworth, yeah. yeah. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to see him. This is this is when they accidentally meet. So after the dinner, Charles and Frederick have obviously arranged to go shooting the next day, and Frederick just pops into the house because the door's open, up. and Anne's in the kitchen, and they're like, <gasps> Frederick does this hard stare thing, doesn't he? Where he's kind of almost staring her out. Yeah, he's like, mm. to the story, she broke off the engagement. So like. Captain Wentworth is really hurt, I think, still. Yeah, he's he's broken hearted. And he kind of sees her as someone who just like broke his heart, so he's kind of like also he mentions this several times. He's like, I don't like people who are easily persuaded. So he says this in a really weird way. Like this is it when he's at dinner actually. So he like so he comes over, he and then and then he invites everyone for dinner after they go shooting. Yeah. And Frederick's like they're talking about it and and Frederick's like oh if you're at war you shouldn't ever get engaged because anything could happen but now that I've you know the war is over I'm you know I'm planning to settle down with anyone between the ages of 15 and 30 yeah that's not great that doesn't look great for you Frederick um (laughs) well they're like what kind of girl are you looking for and he's like i don't care as long as she's between also in this at the time of this dinner party captain wentworth is 31 yeah come on fred (laughs) my man bloody boy (laughs) but then he goes into this weird like long kind of awkward speak like he's not awkward he's like kind of proselytizing about how what he really wants in a woman is someone that won't be uh, that is like unmoved by other people's opinions that knows exactly what she wants and is like committed to it and like just just basically knows her own mind and everyone's just like silent and he's just talking about this thing that's clearly just directed at Anne and mm-hmm. Anne's like oh god yeah it's so awkward also after this they then like this is just another classic thing of how Anne is like everyone's dog's body it's like they go into this like room where they're gonna dance and then someone's just like, Anne, you play piano so we can dance and she's like, Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Oh yeah, because because one of the Charles's younger sisters, the girls, Louis, there's two of and them. Henrietta or Harriet? Is it Harriet? Or- Henrietta, I think. They both fancy Captain Wentworth, right? But one of them is already engaged or has an understanding with one of their cousins, mm-hmm. who is a vicar, I believe. Yeah, and there's got to be a vicar in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they're like, like Louisa, I think, is like, right, I'm going to have him then. And so she's like, Anne, can you play something? Like Anne's playing this very melancholy music. Mm-hmm. And she imagines, I think she imagines that Captain Wentworth is like watching her play the piano silently. No, I don't that. think he. she imagines that. I think he is watching is it? that. Because then she turns and he's gone. Yeah, but I thought it was just because like in her mind she was... Oh, I took it as him being physically there. Maybe that's audience interpretation. Yeah, I don't know, because he sort of fades away. It's not like he walks away. He no, literally I thought fades. he was like, so they, they shoot to him, like, watching, staring at her intently, and then they shoot back to her playing the piano, and then she turns around suddenly, and he's gone. And again. Again, audience interpret. I mean, we're getting really caught up in the final details. <laughs> I know. Then they come in, they're like, all right, play something for us to dance to. So she's playing in there, all dancing with Captain Wentworth while she's playing the piano like a loser. The next day they go for a walk. This is where Mary's really mean, I think. I think it's Mary who says it, or maybe it's one of the girls who's like, oh, um, I spoke to Wentworth about you and he basically said he wouldn't be able to remember you because you're so boring (laughs) i think he was like she was so changed from what i knew of her before yeah that i wouldn't have been able to recognize you because they're on this kind of country walk and then this is where so charles and mary are arguing over which sister should get married to wentworth and then annie's watching i think it's louisa flirt with wentworth and i was like imagine (laughs) and also the family must know no I don't I think it was a secret also Mary was away at school at the time they they mentioned that because Wentworth is like oh we've met before and Mary was like you didn't tell me she was like oh you were away at school at the time so I think that's how they kind of explain that away which makes me think that Mary is definitely younger than her yeah Mary's definitely younger which means Charles's sisters are almost definitely a fair bit younger as well they're like yeah probably late teens because at the, at this time I, we thought they were their nieces Anne has to watch charles's sisters flirt with like the love of her life <laughs> yeah. just like this is this this cuts so deep man imagine <laughs> like you had this secret engagement with a man and you declined it because your family wouldn't have thought he was suitable and that he was poor and now you're watching members of your family kind of flirt like much younger members as well yeah because she's now an old hag and they're all like... I was literally like oh man you know when there's things that happen in your life and you're just like wow like there was I went for a job recently I'm just gonna expose this and um, I found out I didn't get the job because 
a friend got the job and posted about getting the job on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I am only human. <laughs> I mean, even Anne could be forgiven for looking at the camera like she's in the office at that moment. Yeah, like, there's sometimes when, like, and I'm sure everyone's had those moments. That's just, like, the most recent moment that comes to mind. Where like It's like the upside-down smiley face emoji. Yeah, where you're just being absolutely wrecked and you've just got to stand there and stoically and take it and you're just like there's only so much I can take <laughs> and um she slips over because I think she's thinking about all of this she falls yeah she up. slips over on a log they're walking on a log across the river and she falls and then we're again not sure because you were like did she imagine this or Wentworth kind of immediately goes to help her up and then he he does this thing where he handles women he doesn't help them he handles them and he almost he like grabs them puts both arms under her armpits and hoists her onto her feet and then just walks off yeah he's just like bye but then I was like not sure again and I think maybe this is because I interpreted the thing of him watching her at the piano as a vision but like I was thinking maybe she like she because Charles then is with her like as she's sitting on the log trying to catch her breath or whatever (laughs) and I'm like it was it actually Charles all along and she just immediately sort of saw Mm. it as Colonel no Colonel Captain Wentworth but when who's who's to say it's not like there is any uh you know real set text that we could look at yeah I mean (laughs) Um, it's all up to interpretation yeah it's all just down to the viewer's interpretation after this walk write in and tell us yeah say this i mean i'm not actually desperate to read this one but i think it'd be interesting but i'm kind of intrigued i think i'm going to get through them all on audiobook just because i like to yeah it's interesting to see the comparison and you do get a lot more detail in the books i think after the walk Anne's like oh I'll just stay here and catch up with you and then she kind of yeah Charles is like no I'll stay with you and she's like please Charles just leave me (laughs) because she's having a meltdown yeah and she can't even tell anyone and as she's walking back um we see so I'm saying this specifically we see Henrietta telling Wentworth about how Anne declined Charles Charles wanted to marry Anne instead of Mary but Anne declined him and how she was persuaded out of it because of her family and mum was just like fucking happened again (laughs) and again and Henriette is like I'm never persuaded I'm so sure of myself I'm so I know my own mind and she and he's like it's like that it's like that thing with um Caroline Bingley where Mrs Darcy talks about his dream girl and then she's like I love reading (laughs) yeah and then basically that like I love a woman who isn't persuaded. <laughs> and then with the camera pans, and you just see that Anne has overheard everything, like while hiding in the trees. Being a creeper. She was, It was a bit of a creeper moment. That's what you get when you're a creeper. You, creepers get. Also, she looks at the camera at that moment. Existential. As well. <laughs> She's oh. like, ooh, is it me they're talking about? <laughs> well, it's obviously her they're talking about, but yes. Um, then also another bit which is a very small bit when they get to kind of all meet up again and someone can kind of go back on a carriage um there's arguments over who can go back oh and I think they're suggesting Anne because she fell over and she's like oh no 
I can't take the carriage, and then Wentworth just manhandles her again, and then just... He literally just lifts her onto the carriage. Like you a child. a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> just... And then the carriage drives off, and she's like, what just happened? Yeah, and also she's not even in the carriage. She's on the back seat of the carriage that faces outwards. Yeah, so she's like watching Wentworth as she drives away, like... But also because he just does it and then immediately turns around. Yeah, he's just like, bye. <laughs> and she's just like, what is going on? I just wanted to say in terms of Wentworth's character, he's like, uh, he's known to be very amiable and he's sociable. He's like chatty. He's very friendly. And it's kind of in contrast to Anne, who's like very, like, she's nice, but she's reserved. Whereas he's like laughing and joking and just being a party animal. Yeah, and I think it's also a contrast to how he is specifically with Anne, which is like very abrupt. Yeah, and because uh, he's very—it's not like he's a—he's not like a jokester. He's not—he's not really super humorous or anything. He's just like a very friendly and talkative guy. Yeah, and then but when it comes to her, he's just like—it's almost like like you can kind of feel that he hates her a little bit. What you find out is like he's just super. He's—he's he's still super not over Anne and so he's like just like get away from me essentially I can't they go to dinner that night and um Captain Benwick comes who is a friend of Wentworth's who's recently lost his wife he's real sad I mean I understand why Benwick needs to be a character later on but it's also just a very bizarre shoehorned plot line and I don't know if that's the movie that did it like that because it's like, oh, here's Benwick, he's lost his wife. Let's sit him next to Anne. Anne will know what to say. <laughs> well, I think it just highlights even further the fact that Anne just has a na- is a naturally compassionate person. She doesn't have any reason to talk with Benwick about it. She doesn't have any reason to, you know, when someone like has a horrible loss, often people are like, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't really want to deal with you because I don't know how to deal with your emotions and the fact that you're really sad. And Anne is like actually just has a conversation with him. And then later on, someone's like, I've never seen Bennett talk so much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see that. Because I mean, the conversation is a bit odd because like within 30 seconds, she's like, don't worry, you're young, you'll have a new wife. And I'm like, Anne. <laughs> yeah. Um, Come on now, because it is really someone. <laughs> yeah, he was like a love like ours will never be found again, and it's sort of this thing of Anne's like, oh yeah, just like me and Freddie. Yeah, little Freddie boy, and because she does kind of look at him throughout the conversation, but then they also kind of talk about poetry and the fickle nature of women. Oh yeah, that was the thing, wasn't it? That was the whole. Maybe that was the whole point of the conversation, actually. Because yeah, was like... it was quite an interesting one where. Benwick is like, I did call him Benwick earlier, sorry. I think that was an autocorrect on my notes. He's kind of like, oh, women are more fickle in love than men. Yeah, like, oh, when a man is like, uh, you know, heartbroken, he won't get over it. But with a woman, like, you'll move on. And then he kind of goes, well, look at all the poetry and the stories that, like, tell you otherwise. Because Anne's like, well, women are actually like this. And then she just very rightly points out who wrote those. (laughs) And he's just like, Oh, yeah, men. <laughs> yeah, but then he's still like, oh, I just, I can tell we're not going to be able to agree on this. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, you've just been disproven by Anne, so. Yeah, and also I think it's kind of more, he's kind of accepted defeat. 
but his opinion hasn't changed. Because <laughs> she's yeah. like, women love longest. And I'm like, all of these are massive generalisations. <laughs> but that's that's what Jane Austen does. She loves to have conversations about the nature of gender. Yeah, true. They find out at dinner that Captain Wentworth wants to go and visit his bestie in Lyme. So they, they're all invited to go with him. So they end up in Lyme Regis. Um, and that's where you meet. I've written here Henry, but I'm absolutely sure it's not Henry. It's Harville. I think it's Captain Harville. What do you have? I've got nothing of this written down. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, because he's, he's like a key character at some points because Anne talks to him. So they go to Lyme. Harville is like has some relation to someone or other but he's also him and and freddie bonded in the war so they like go up and they like hug each other and it's such a bromance Mm. moment they're like hey bestie hey bestie and then everyone gets uh introduced and then um they are walking by this seawall there's a lot of scenes by this seawall yeah which first of all looks horrific because the water's spraying on it's dreary and also we should explain Louise's character because she's not kind of she's flirting ridiculously with Wentworth but I think that's her character she kind of just flirts like she kind of loves love if that makes sense yeah well she's clearly very like young and has um she's kind of got Lydia and Kitty energy where she she hasn't been hurt by life yeah so she's kind of jumping around and she's like save me save me and then she jumps off the wall and then she climbs up the wall again and jumps even higher and just goes splat on the yeah because they're all like louisa stop stop he can't keep catching me (laughs) and um yeah she hits her head it's quite a brutal scene really (laughs) yeah and they're like fetch a surgeon and then obviously anne to the rescue anne and wentworth are both like very close to each other around Louisa and they sort of have that moment of like ooh tension yeah and this is where he compliments her because they need someone to go back with Louisa in the carriage or something like that and he's like yeah take out take out she knows what she's doing <laughs> yeah he's like no one no one could be more proper or something oh yeah like... because then they also so Wentworth again handles her into the carriage <laughs> And they then have to go and tell Charles' parents, who are also Louise's parents. Someone has to stay with Louisa, and someone has to go tell the parents. And this is where Wentworth is like, Anne should stay with Louisa. She knows what she's doing. And they're like, and Mary should go tell Charles' parents. And Mary's like, excuse me? Yeah, Mary has another Mardi. No, but she was like, oh, am I not? Am I not? proper enough am I not good enough yeah yeah she kind of gets her back up over it and then Anne's just like look 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 I'll go with you Henrietta to go tell Charles' parents let Mary stay with Louisa like I mean but it doesn't really make any difference does it but um so they end up having to travel in the carriage by the way this just like slightly before this and it becomes relevant later there's a random man that's just sitting on the stairs in the house when Anne comes downstairs she bumps into him she's like Sorry, and then they just carry on. And then uh, later on, she finds out that that is her cousin, William. Oh, okay, yeah. So they go and tell Charles' parents. And also, the way that you would have told them, you kind of think Louise is dead. Yeah, it's like he's like, you stay outside. 
and she, and like so her and Henry have to stay outside he goes in he tells he, he goes to the door he like bangs on the door really aggressively he tells them and then there's like all these people coming out like wailing yeah and like all right and I'm just like she's not dead she's just really injured her head which is fair I mean I guess maybe she could like because it's the you know it's olden times she is more likely to die but still yeah, I suppose and this is when Anne's like literally outside the house she's like oh I'm gonna have to go back to Bath because there's no reason for me to stay at the Musgroves anymore and Wentworth's like but you hate Bath and she's like yeah well that's what my family wants and he's just like he's like goodbye Anne and then he walks off and then about he gets into the carriage the carriage drives off down the road (laughs) and then she's like goodbye Goodbye, Captain Wentworth (laughs) Cool, I'm sure he heard you. What was the point? So they, who is dead quite dead? I can't remember who's dead. So she arrives in Bath. Oh, it was, um. So she arrives in Bath and Elizabeth and her father are there. And I, it's her cousin's wife, isn't it? Yes. Find out about cousin William, right? They have a whole thing where because Sir Walter has two. Three. Or three girls, sorry. Three girls, always forget. And there's no male heir means that his estate is going to go to cousin William when he dies and they were hoping that cousin William would get married to one of the girls uh, but then he got married to someone else and so there's they him and Sir Walter had like you know fallen out about this but then they found out that cousin William's wife is dead and the way that Anthony Head says it is like no no it's Elizabeth is it <laughs> yeah because she's just like Anne's like, she's dead. And then Elizabeth's like, yes, dead. Quite dead. Because she's quite really dead. like, I'm going to get in there. Yeah. So then Anne cousins arrive in Bath and they meet. And um, cousin William flirts shamelessly with Anne. Uh, Mrs. Clay, who is just sort of the side character, is just like, is saying to Elizabeth, oh, yeah, like, he really likes you. Yeah, you're going to get together. Basically, Elizabeth has the expectation that she's going to get with cousin William. But then he arrives. And yeah, he starts making out with Anne's hand. It's very yeah, weird. he's like properly over the top flirting, and Anne isn't really reciprocating. She's just a bit like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. And um, Elizabeth is absolutely fuming. She's so yeah. mad about the whole thing. And then Charles writes to Anne about Louisa, saying that she's recovered, and then he's like, "Louisa's going to get engaged to someone soon." Um, but I can't really talk about it. And Anne just has a complete breakdown because she thinks it's Wentworth. Yeah. And uh, it is like this whole heartbreak thing. I'm just like, I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> like what Anne is going. Deeply upsetting. <laughs> it is just like, just if you were going to even put that in modern day terms, like you would absolutely, I'd just tap out. I'd be like, I cannot. <laughs> no. I cannot deal with this. And then they're going to go and... um. They cuts back to the sea wall. It cuts back to the sea wall with um, Wentworth and his bestie, um, and they're chatting. And um, he's like the bestie. Uh, let me see what his name is again. Something beginning with an H. I thought it was Benick. No, Harville. Benick's a totally different guy. He's the one that's really sad all the time. Harville is just Fred's bestie, um, and he's like, oh yeah, well like. 
with everything that's going on with uh, Louisa, you must be like ready to propose or whatever. Like that, that's what's expected of you. And um, Fred's like, "What? What the fuck?" He's like, "Yeah, I mean, every like her whole family thinks that you're going to propose to her." And and Fred's like, "I had no idea. I don't know how I've been such an idiot." And we're like, "Oh yes, Fred, mm-hmm. you are an idiot because you've been catching her." and all this shit so he's like oh no well now I have to marry her basically because they think that I have been courting her and then he's like oh but I love someone else and I totally miss my chance and now it's all over because I have to marry Louisa because she thinks I'm gonna marry her so my life is ruined yeah yeah and that's when you find out that he's still like not over Anne he still loves Anne yeah after Anne has her breakdown, it's like something like snaps inside of her a little bit as well. Because they're supposed to be, I think they're going to supposed to be going to dinner with their cousins or something. And like her dad's like, Anne, hurry up, hurry up, Anne. And she comes down and she's like, I'm actually gonna go see my friend from school, Mrs. Smith. She's not having it. And he's just like, What? Mrs. Smith is a nobody. Why are you going to see her? And she's just like, Um, she's ill and I want to see her. Bye. And he's just like, What? And it's, like, the first time she kind of stands up to her dad, I think. Yeah, she's had it. Yeah, I think, like, the heartbreak over Wentworth is just, like, broken. She's just got nothing to lose anymore. I think someone actually said beforehand that the only way that that they would be able to fix the situation with William, like, so that the estate wouldn't go to William, is if Sir Walter had an, a male heir, like, he'd have to remarry and have a male heir. So, and then we'll just... Uh, sorry, William starts saying to Anne about how unbecoming it would be for Mrs Clay to get with Sir Walter. And Anne's like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Like, that's what you're referring to, isn't it? And he's like, maybe. Um, And he's essentially trying to get Anne to be against it. And she's like, well, I don't really want him to, if it's going to not make him happy, like, I think it will probably go wrong. But it's nothing to do with your weird... Anne's got his number basically when she says about going to visit her friend and she like says fuck you to Sir Walter she's like perhaps because her friend is like a her friend is a widow and and Sir Walter's like oh she's got no surname we want to go and see Lady Dalrymple Uh, why are you like basically Anne's like I'm not going to see Lady Dalrymple I'm going to see my friend and he's like oh she's a widow with no consequence and Anne's like oh well maybe she's not the only widow in Bath (laughs) of no surname and little to live on that is hanging around here essentially talking about Mrs Clay and being like yeah, so it's fine for you. Shocks her dad, isn't it? And he's like, <gasps> yeah. shocked Pikachu meme. <laughs> that is gonna probably turn up on the Instagram. <laughs> Stay tuned. So yeah, then Wentworth finds out it's Louisa and Benick are to be married, and he has no obligation to marry. I don't know if you can hear the bins. Yes, I can. The bin men are here again. I'm just going to leave this in. The bin men are here. This is what happens when you're recording a podcast in your house. We couldn't do this yesterday. So relatable. Because my neighbours were getting their tree cut down. So we couldn't even record yesterday. Anyway, so he finds out that Wentworth and uh, Louisa and Benick are going to be married. And he literally kind of almost jumps in the air. He's like, yeah, it would be like, you know, you know, at the end of... um, 
Breakfast Club where the guy jumps in the air and he has his fist in the air yeah. and Judd Nelson and it's like freezes. That's kind of the moment <laughs> with Captain Wentworth where he's like, I'm free! <laughs> um, they're at the seawall again, the horrible seawall. There's like waves crashing over this wall. It's really windy. It horrible to film at. I just don't understand why they keep going there and walking on this weird seawall. Like, there must be other places to go. Yeah. Also, we should say Lady Russell really wants Anne to marry Cousin William. She thinks it's like a good match. Because obviously the match, it would be A, like Cousin William clearly really fancies Anne. Well, I mean, he says that. But well, um, isn't it? Oh yeah, they call him Mr. Elliot. Mr. Elliot. Yeah, Lady Russell's like, yeah, it would be a very appropriate match. And- because the big thing is, Anne wanted when they were renting the house out to live somewhere nearby because she loves the area, but her dad and sister wanted to be in Bath, so she just had to go to Bath. So that's like a huge kind of part that she's been kind of dragged away from her home. Yeah. And Lady Russell's like, oh, well, this way you'd get to go back to your your childhood home. She's like, "Mm, you are making some good points there, Lady Russell. Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. Croft. That'd be a better adaptation. Um, That would be good. Croft. Um, arrive and they're kind of sitting down with Anne and they're like oh yes um, Louisa is engaged and she's just like this is another moment where they just take so long to deliver the message yeah they they really drag it out and they're just like oh we really didn't realize it was going to happen but Wentworth was like and they're kind of basically the whole like it's about five minutes where they assume that Anne already knows, basically, and yeah. they're talking to her about it as if she already knows that it is, in fact, uh, Benick and not Wentworth that is engaged to Louisa. Yeah. And and Anne's like going through such a roller coaster of emotions, mm-hmm. just like her face is like, she's like, oh god, oh no, this is terrible. Oh wait, wait a minute, what? <laughs> huh? Louisa is engaged to Benick, and he's like, yes. Who did you think I was talking about? She was like, not Captain Wentworth. And she, he's like, no, Captain Wentworth seems perfectly fine that they're not married. Because everyone thought they were going to be married. Yeah. So it's kind of like everyone thinks that Wentworth's kind of been shafted. Yeah. But um, obviously not the case. Then Wentworth is in Bath and they accidentally meet in a shop, I think. Yeah, he, he comes in. She's by the door and they're like, face to face and it's like <gasps> they have this super intense conversation because it's been raining as well so they're both of course it's been raining wet they're like raining. an inch away from each other's face for some reason and then Wentworth says something really weird where he's like Louisa won't be a match for Benick's dead wife <laughs> yeah that was weird that was really weird. no need for that and then Anne's like well maybe her joyous spirit will lift his I think, oh, I think the reason that he says that is because he's, like, a love like Benick and his dead wife. And he's alluding to the fact that him and Anne's love will never be replaced. Yeah, and then they're literally, like, so close to kissing that Mr. Elliot, the cousin, bursts into the shop and is like, hello. He also plays, is it Tobias or is it Toby in um, Outlander? That's. Uh, he well, I know he plays Frank, which is the Claire's original husband. Yeah, and then he plays the bad guy. Oh wait, yeah, his name guy. is actually Tobias. I think that's where I've got. I think that's why you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, he plays he plays um Claire's original husband Frank in Outlander, and also the baddie. Yeah, which he's got a baddie face. 
no harm to him. He does. Because even when you see Frank as Frank in Outlander, you're like... He's got really little eyes, just kind of squinty. Yeah, and he's, like, got an extremely posh voice that kind of says evil to me. Mr. Elliot interrupts just as they're about to smoochy smooch. And he's like, oh, we're going to a concert tonight. Basically, I know Wentworth, like, mm, you're trouble, mate. And then, no, I don't think he says it. I think Anne says it as they're going because he's like, come on, Anne. And she's like, there's a concert tonight. Because Wentworth's like, oh. And she's like, you should come too. Because <laughs> she's just like, this is not a date. You come along. Yeah. They go to the music concert. The music then, concert. And that's what they call it. And um, <laughs> Wentworth arrives as well. And then he's sitting down for the concert and he overhears the rumour the rumours that Anne is engaged to her cousin and he just walks out. He just and then Anne runs after him, like properly runs, and then she's like, Captain Wentworth, what are you doing? And then um he sort of turns to her and then uh William comes out behind her and, and he's like, I've got nothing to say to you. No, he's like, I've got nothing worth staying in Bath for. Oh, yeah, he's like, no, I'm going away now. Yeah, and, and she's like, ugh. And I also, like, okay, this is where I'm a bit annoyed, because I'm like, Wentworth, she literally ran out after you. Yeah, like, what is your problem, man? And then this is the point where Mr. Elliot, William Elliot, Cousin Elliot, three titles, decides, you know what, I've just seen her run after another man. She's finally alone. This seems like the perfect time for me to propose. <laughs> and she's just like, please don't. Please, no. No, please. Please stop. Just like... Please, no. <laughs> well, he's like, I don't expect you to answer my proposal, like, right now, but hopefully by tomorrow you'll make me the happiest and most fortunate of men. And he also says something like, I've... The name Anne Elliot has appealed to me for some time now, and I hope that it may never change which is essentially being like well because my surname's Elliot because we're cousins <laughs> so if we get married then you'll never have to change your name I'll yeah, be fine like that's part of the bargain it's so that's the whole point so the next day she's at her house and she gets a letter through it and Wentworth is going to pop by at 11 and she's just like oh my god the door goes it's Charles and Mary and the brood they've arrived and Anne's just like Jesus Christ fuck's sake um Wentworth arrives and then Anne puts him straight. She's like, look, I'm not engaged to Mr. Elliot. I never was. I was never going to. Yeah, well, the family's there. And, like, they're literally right. Like, he literally walks in the door behind them. And they're all just, like, chatting to Anne. And she's like, Captain, come with me. <laughs> and everyone's just like, ooh. Yeah, it's kind of just been like, I'm not letting this happen again. And she puts him straight. And he's like, oh. And then someone else bursts in. Is it Lady Russell? Because here... Lady Russell comes in. And you're I've like, written, for fuck's sake. I've written, oh my God, has Lady Russell instigated everything? And I don't know what that's referring to. No, she hasn't. She clearly has not. Because she bursts in. And then Wentworth is like, I'm off now. And I'm like, why? Why did he even leave? I mean, I understand it builds up for what happens next. But there was no reason for him to just walk out. Well, I think it's because, like, every single person that they know has just arrived at the house. Anne goes running after him and she bumps into, like, she's literally running through Bath. Like, what's that famous bit of Bath called? I can't remember. That nice. bit where they're, like, semi-circle of all the nice houses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, she's running. Yeah, and she's running after him, and then Harriet stops her. She's like, 
Anna needs to talk to you. And Anna's like, do you really need to talk to me right Is now? Is this necessary right now? <laughs> Please. Harriet just carries on talking to her. And then Harriet explains, she basically confirms all of the suspicions. Mr. Elliot is a wrong one. He, he planned on marrying Anna Elliot and then he planned on keeping Mrs. Clay as a mistress. He was courting Mrs. Clay all along. To stop the scoundrel. Her dad from marrying her. Because he was fine, like, money-wise, because his wife is rich. But then he was like, I want to become a Viscount. Now, oh, yeah, he so. wanted, like, the Baron title or something. Or the Viscount yeah. title, whatever it is. She gets to Wentworth's house or whatever. And they're like, oh, you've just missed him. But he's he's written you a note. And I was like, how did he somehow? That was, no, that was, um, uh, what's his face? Harville. Yeah, so she gets there and Harville's like, oh, you've just missed Wentworth, but he's left you a note. And I was like, okay, in the time that he's walked off, he has somehow got to this house, written a note, and left again. And she chased after him straight away. Well, she's clearly very slow. And um, this is when we have the little note. And also, she, she keeps being interrupted by people. She has this note. She She's running... And she's reading the note at the same time or something. I don't know. Um, this is she's so out of breath at this point. Yeah, she is also. She's going back and forth. She's like she meets uh, Harville, then she turns back around. She just carries on running. Yeah, so she so she's running. She's running to meet him still, and you've got the, the um, note being narrated, and he's like, "Oh, I'm half agony, half hope that you still love me." And I'm like, "Do you know what, mate? If you just waited there, you could have had this conversation. You could have just literally said it in person instead of leaving a note like a weirdo." And then she gets to the Crofts, and they and then the Crofts are like, "Oh, Wentworth just left to come and find you," and you're literally at this point like. Like for fuck's sake! sake. Like, she's now come on now. This it's like literally comical at this point because she's just running. There's just so much footage of Sally Hawkins just running. <laughs> and only <laughs> oh, had a two minute head start. I'm like, how is he? Uh, how has this happened? Oh, but yeah, she's running. And she catches up with him. You could think that nothing else could get possibly go wrong. And then Charles is with Wentworth, and he's like, "Anne, why are you running?" And he just carries on talking. Charles is just having a conversation with them. They're like staring at each other. They're clearly having a moment. And Charles is just like, "Oh yeah," and then we did that, and then we and it's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, Charles!" He eventually read the room. Walks off. They kind of accept the proposal. He proposes formally. She says, yeah, I'm minded to accept your proposal. And then she's like, nothing can persuade me otherwise. Yeah, he's like, are you sure? And then Um, they have the longest build-up to a kiss. At the worst possible angle. We just have a below of inside Sally Hawkins' mouth. (laughs) Yeah, Sally Hawkins' mouth is just sort of quivering. She's inching closer and closer towards his face, but she's not... She's not committing to it. And then eventually, they sort of get like half a centimetre away from one another. They still wait in and then they go for it. And then you and get then about a second of the kiss. You get that, yeah, for a second. And, that's, and then Sally stares at the camera. <laughs> yeah. And is what I've written here. It kind of fades out. And then they're in a carriage. He's. I just wrote Wentworth buys her a fuck off house. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure whether it's Kellynch or whether it's a different house, but it's a big fancy house. Yeah, I, don't I think th- it must be Kellynch. That would just make more sense. Yeah, that's what. Because I think they don't want. I think the Crofts are like we don't need Kellynch anymore. Yeah, I mean because uh, I he's like now Anne's married, they could easily sell it to Anne's husband, and then it kind of keeps it in the family. 
I think at one point, I think when Wentworth came and was like, we've, we hear that you've um, got engaged to cousin William, he's like, the Crofts don't want to live in Kellynch anymore. So yeah. they clearly have got an intention. Anyway, I'm sure that we there I mean, is some information on that that we didn't pick up. I mean, um, what, I don't think it was very clear, though, because we were both like, what house is this? Is this Kellynch? Yeah, am I supposed to recognise this house? Anyway, he, they start making out on the lawn. And then they start dancing with no music, just randomly sort of swirling around, doing like a little waltz. And, and then, then that's the end. Drones out, fades out, the end. I quite enjoyed it overall. It was a good one. I mean, there was that, there was that like kind of build up where you were feeling really invested and then everything goes wrong. There's some miscommunication that happens that nearly ends the romance, like the bingo card. Um, yeah, and so there's there's all of those good things, and and also you feel like, you know, a little bit like oh, you you you're with you're with Sally Hawkins. You're like, oh god, you know, the emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it's all there. There were times when, like we said earlier, there were times when there were scenes that were specifically for the audience, like they had no other way of kind of putting things out there. But overall, it was all right. The running, <laughs> the running was, it was like, it was funny. Like, it, was so funny. it was very funny. I'm not sure it was supposed to be funny. But yeah, it, was it was like five minutes solid of Sally Hawkins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because at the beginning, she's just walking around that house. You get loads of that. And then at the end, she's running. <laughs> then it's like, we've come full circle. Now we've got time for the star signs. Oh, are you ready for this? Is Lady Catherine de Bourgh like that? Don't you know it's because she's a Virgo? Why is Mr. Darcy a twat, my friend? Can't you see it's because he's a Capricorn? Astrology Corner. Hey. Hey, how great was that? That was great. You're welcome. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, so so I'm I'm prepared this time. I've I've thought about it very carefully, and also I don't know if this is totally useless information and people don't care about this, but I thought I would preface how I figure out people's star signs. I mean, like other than my general knowledge on it, there's different elements in different star signs. So there's air signs, which are very like about logic and communication. They're very sociable. It's it's a lot about like the brain. Then there's water signs, which are like very emotional. There's fire signs which are very much about like will and instinct and like motivation and then there's earth signs which are all like very like grounded and practical and then there's also three kinds of subtypes of those signs so there's cardinal signs which are ones that like make things happen they're the ones that start things off that they they have the ideas they're the ideas people then there's fixed signs which kind of is what it says on the tin there's quite set in one way and then there's mutable signs which is people that are flip-flopping about a little bit maybe you're like trying lots of different things they're not they're not static in any way so anyway I say this because I think it's worth thinking about when we're talking about the star signs because I've put Anne Elliot as a cancer and that is a cardinal water sign because I think that Anne Elliot as we see has a very deep emotional life 
but she's she's very kind of guarded about it and she doesn't let people see she like as i always say with the cancers they've got that squishy crab meat in the middle but they've got the crab shell on the outside <laughs> and she's also cancers are extremely like family oriented and caring which obviously we see in Anne Elliot and the fact that she refused Wentworth in the first place shows that she is very family oriented and that she like she still gives a shit about her family even though they're terrible and then I've got Captain Wentworth I was conflicted about this because I was like is he a fire sign or is he a an air sign because he's very like amiable but I think he's definitely a cardinal sign so I've put Aries slash Libra and I wonder if he's got like some Aries like his big three there's at least Aries and Libra in there yeah I kind of think more fire sign he's got a bit more like power I think if I had to choose one I would say Aries but I also thought it was Libra was an honorable mention <laughs> because the thing that made me think about Libra I mean Aries right he's like he's passionate he's driven he's got a he's got a real sense of like self and he's you know he he's not second guessing himself really but then he does have this aspect and that's why he ends up in the situation with Louisa because he's just doing his thing and then he realizes oh the way that I act has impacts on other people and people might not totally understand yeah I'm interested to what you think of Louisa because I was just thinking here I was like I immediately want to say Pisces, but now I'm like... Mm, I think hmm. probably she... She's got a lot of love and spirit. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she's a, a Libra because she's very, like... She just sort of wants... It's hard to say because she's just this young... You don't really see very much of her character other than she's just, like, a young, kind of naive girl. Yeah. Um. Who else have you got on your list? I've got Elizabeth. She's a Leo. She's such a bitch in this. <laughs> she is. But she also just likes to be, she likes to be the centre of attention. She's very proud. And so when, like, William clearly prefers Anne, she's really mad about it. And she gets, and that's such a fixed fire sign. She's just, like, she's not super calculated or anything. She's just very much driven by her own kind of vanity. Yeah. Mary's a Pisces. Yeah, yeah, see that, totally. Oh, do you have one for Charles? I quite like Charles as a character. Yeah, I thought this through quite carefully. I think Charles is a Capricorn. Yes. I know he's an Earth sign, right? But I was like, is he a cardinal, a mutable, or a fixed Earth sign? And Capricorn is a cardinal. Because Charles actually has a lot. He's actually, like, he's practical. He's quite fair. He has a sense of fairness, I think. Yeah. Um. Because I just remember the conversation where he's talking about how Henrietta is engaged to Charles something or other, the vicar guy that's their cousin. Yeah. And he's like, "Don't be silly, you know. Don't be a snob about this. He's got his own opinions, and he's he's very much like he's gonna get it done." But then also, I was thinking about the fact that he always goes out shooting when Mary's being annoying, which is very Capricorn of like, "I have no yeah. time for your nonsense." So I think he's a Capricorn. Yeah, I see that. Who else? Sir Walter is a Gemini. Yes, I wanted Sir Walter to have. I mean, with Elizabeth and Sir Walter, we see very little, but the bits that we do see really 
lay down their personality. Yeah, so Walt is a mutable air sign. He's very much thinking about his own benefit. He he likes to schmooze, he likes to have connections, social connections, which is quite air sign, but in a way where he's changing his plans based on, you know, his own kind of schemes or whatever benefits him most. So I think he's a Gemini. Yeah. Captain Harville is a Libra, I think. I, you know, I didn't even write him down in my notes once. I just had no... <laughs> he was a very just, like, normal-looking white man. Yeah, I think I just got confused not... him with Benick. Just... Yeah, it was just... There's, yeah, I, I don't blame you. Oh, but I anyways. do remember the scene where he tells him that Louisa is engaged to Benick, so I must have known that that was not... Yeah, I just remember because I was like, oh, they're besties, besties. Yeah, also, he walks with a stick, doesn't he? He does, actually. Yes, he does indeed. He's very sort of amiable. He's not, like, harsh or anything. He has a sense of, like, justice. He tells it like it is in the sense of when he tells Fred that, you know, this is is the way that people are perceiving this. You've probably got to go marry her now. There's that Libran sense of like fairness, of justice. The last one I have is William Elliot, cousin William. He's a Scorpio, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's got a sting in his tail. He can be a bit savage when need be. Yeah, he's calculating. He can be like manipulative. You know, he's got that intense vibe, that intense charm that is like quite compelling to people. Yeah, he's a Scorpio. That's it. This is the song that we play when we forget to rate the adaptation. This is the song that we play when we forget to do the thing. (laughs) Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. What am I rating persuasion? I think it was good. I liked it, but it, it dragged, you know? Yeah. I feel like most of the action happened in the last half hour. That's th- that's most of them. Most of them happen that way. Yeah, I kind of. But what I don't understand is why is it all squeezed in? Like, the amount they squeeze it into, like, ten minutes. Yeah. I'm going to say, I was going to give it a seven, but I think that's a bit too high. Mm. I think a six. Yeah, I think a six. I was torn between a six and a seven. I was going to give it a seven you know but and that's very unusual (laughs) and now maybe I'm thinking more of a 6.5 I think it was because I mean apart from anything else like I wasn't super compelled by the characters yeah I wasn't in love with Captain Wentworth I didn't Mm -hmm. really hard relate to Anne like she's a bit of kind of a, a weedy character I mean, obviously, like, I sympathised with Anne. We were talking about how we were like, oh, this would be a terrible situation to be in. But I wasn't, I didn't, like, emotionally connect with them that much. In contrast to something like a Sense and Sensibility, which did leave some things to be desired, 1995, I mean. I had that emotional connection with, like, Eleanor, where I was like, it was relatable. Yeah. Yeah, with this, I didn't, I didn't have that emotional connection, so I'm going to give it a 6.5. What do you want to watch next week? Hmm. Well, we did talk about doing a modern one, didn't we? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, we haven't revisited Sense and Sensibility. And, I mean, we haven't revisited Northanger Abbey or Mansfield Park, but there is only, like, five of each where we've... Only five? Yeah, only... There's actually only 
three Northanger Abbey and one yeah we need to eke that out because I like that one and five of Mansfield Park and we've so there's only two why would they make loads of Mansfield Park ones and no Northanger Abbey there's actually two modern Mansfield Parks there's one from Mansfield with Love made in 2014 That's all from us for now. We'll be back next week discussing Material Girls, a modern adaptation of Sense and Sensibility with Hilary Duff. Please review us five stars if your app allows and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, please email us at austintranslationpod at gmail.com or austin underscore translation underscore pod on Instagram. We bid you adieu. Adieu, adieu, adieu.